Hi, this is Eric Chase, afternoon host on Cumulus Media Toledo's Q105, and your host for another episode of 68 Words, where this time we visit with Jennifer Minnie, counselor for Fall and Timbers Middle School, and her counseling assistant, who makes her job so much easier, Astro. A huge part of having a faculty dog in your school, too, is it's just fun. Like, it's a blast, and the kids laugh, they think he's hilarious, and so I took Astro out there, and we played fetch in the snow, and Astro loves the snow. He was going crazy. I probably had a crowd of at least 30 kids that were actively involved in cheering him on and excited. I would say Astro has some like very intuitive dog. He knows when people need them and he'll walk right up to them and just put his head on their lap. I will give the Ability Center a lot of accolades there that um, I don't think it would be, I would be as excited about having a dog in the school if the dog was not trained as sure. well as Astro. Like really, I don't have to do much besides kind of keep up on the um, commands here and there. He he knows them so well and he is so well trained. People, places, and spaces doing disability differently sharing first-hand experience in our podcast. Inspired by the 68 words that sparked the disability rights movement, learn where it started and what's next. Hi, my name is Stuart James and I'm the executive director here at the Ability Center and welcome to 68 words. I would like to welcome Jennifer Minnie. Did I pronounce the last name correctly? Yes. Welcome to uh, another edition of 68 Words. Have you heard good things about our podcast, hopefully? Yes, thank you for having me. Of course, this is the first episode where we have, we've had two guests before, but none who usually, well, maybe some of the humans bark, but would you like to introduce who is also here with us? <laughs> Astro is our school faculty dog at um, Fallen Timbers Middle School. You're, uh, you're what is called a handler here with the Ability Center, right? Yes, yep. T- tell me, <laughs> I, I am truly a novice with all of that. Tell me all about what a handler is and how you got involved. So um, we got word about two years ago that we were getting that we were um, the next school up to get a a dog so we had to pretty quickly decide who was going to have um, Astro at their house and um, who was going to be trained and things like that. Can I go backwards for a yeah. moment? Yep. You said next school up to get a dog. W- walk me back to the very beginning of that. Okay so about two years before that we had done an application um, to get a school fa- faculty dog. Um, so with part of that application process, they do let you know it's gonna be probably three to five years, I think. And so we did get um, up to the top of the list a little bit quicker, probably had something to do with COVID, I'm guessing, but um, yeah, we were really surprised it was right at the end of the school year. Let me go back again. What was the impetus behind wanting a school faculty dog? So um, at Anthony Wayne, we have a large emphasis on um, improving students' mental health. And um, we our three elementary schools, Waterville, White House, and Montclova, all have a, a faculty dog. So um, the kids really love the dogs there, and they do some pretty neat things. So we just thought it would be a great continuation for um, our students because we're a 5-6 building, and um, the students you know, in fourth grade jump over to our building. So um, we thought it would be a great continuation of um, that service, and honestly, it has been wonderful. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the interactions with the kids and the staff. Uh, tell me more about your story. Uh, we can jump back to to nearly the present and the arrival of Astro. So um, we went back and forth. I kind of went back and forth all summer. Um, I wasn't super 
um, I was really excited about getting Astro, but it was, it's a lot of pressure and it's also a huge responsibility. Um, you know, you this isn't your family dog, it's right. the whole school's dog, all these kids. So you have 600, I, we have like 650 kids that are all, um, you know, depending on me to care for Astro the best that we can. Um, so um, I did in the end decide to be the one that took Astro home. Um, so he comes home with me every day. But I will say that our staff at Fallen Timbers is so supportive. Um, last weekend, he went home with Elizabeth Schoenrock, one of our teachers. He goes home with other teachers um, pretty frequently. Um, so it's really, there's so, um, everybody's really very accommodating for me. So like if I have a doctor's appointment or something like that, they're, oh, we'll take Astro. Everybody wants to take Astro. So yeah. he could go on vacation every weekend and if he wanted to. <laughs> he is obviously very well behaved, so I could see why everybody would want a little bit of a piece of him. Yes. What, what is, well, before Astro came along and before this process um, began to play out, what is or was your role at, at school? I'm the school counselor at um, Fallen Timbers. So if I, I'm with the whole fifth grade and up until last year, half of the sixth grade. Um, this year we hired a new school counselor, so we're both at one grade level. It was back in, it was definitely pre-COVID times. So maybe 2017, 2018, I had the opportunity to be invited, I think with my friends with the Suicide Prevention Coalition, but also NAMI to speak at the high school for parents one evening. So I commend the entire school district for being slightly ahead of the curve with taking care of everybody's mental health. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think actually the, um, the counselors are the ones that set up that um, parents night. It's, we had a few, like quite a few different agencies come and um, kind of have like a mini fair for the yeah, parents. absolutely. It, it was pretty cool. That it worked was. Good. Well. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> um, let's jump ahead. Um, you made this decision to, uh, to be Astro's handler. There's training involved with this, correct? Yes, there is. So um, the summer of, let me see, 2021, I believe, um, me and um, three other staff members um, went to a full week training for Astro. Um, and um, we learned all about how to take, how to care for him, how all the, the um, words, the right words to say to get him to do things. Um, and just um, a lot about like dog language, which was pretty cool for me. I had no, that was all new for me. And it was. Tell it, me a little about that. Oh, uh, just like um, how their tail is wagging can tell you how they're feeling and the different postures, how they like might stand or sit or um, just like the way their ears are. And um, when you have a, when you're a handler for um, one of these dogs, you really do have to pay attention to their, I guess they would be considered nonverbals. So that you can protect them the best. The things you talked about, the tail wagging, the ears. <clears throat> I, I'm assuming you were a dog lover before Astro came along, or a dog liker. <laughs> I was a dog liker for okay. sure. <laughs> um, I, for me, that stuff all it seems pretty intuitive. But I've been around dogs since before I could talk and walk. Are there subtle differences that um, you now know as opposed to what I know? Obviously, like I saw her tail wagging, so and it was from me doing the butt rubs. <laughs> but are there other things that you notice that an average dog lover like myself doesn't notice oh yeah i learned it i learned a ton i i was hope i actually would like to go back several dogs of my own and uh train them like astro's trained because he's so well mannered but i would say um like if his tail is sticking straight up and he stops as kind of like in a pointed stance um hold on because he's about ready to take off okay <laughs> yeah G- yeah <laughs> uh, give me give me a, another one maybe with uh, their face or a head tilt um, like if his um, ears like kind of pop up a little bit, he's just like 
interested or like wanting to know more type of thing. Uh, he's rolling now, over. Now, this yeah. is this is Astro's fav- famous stance. He, <laughs> as soon as somebody starts petting him, he, he rolls over and lays on his back. Is this for, uh, does he like chest rubs or belly rubs? Are you gonna do the, the there we go. Yeah, he yeah. likes chest rubs, yep. I'm pretty <laughs> certain, so I have, I have two Beagle mixes. Um, my older one, Diddy, who think he's about 13 years old, but you'd never know. Um, I'm so thankful every day that they both age really well. <clears throat> Diddy does this. Uh, uh, he will lay on his side as well, like Astro just did, and I'll go, Diddy, you wanna do some chest rubs? And then he will assume the same position that Astro is in, although Astro seems to be showing more teeth than Diddy does. <laughs> I think kids love it when he lays like that because they always think he's smiling. You know, they say, oh, Astro's smiling. They think it's hilarious. He's just in He's just in, in uh, a very comfortable state. Yes, he definitely is. <laughs> um, so how rigorous was the training that you went through to become his handler? Well, I felt like it was pretty rigorous. It was a learning curve because I had never done any of that type of training. So um, I will say, like, you definitely, um, you know, you had to pay attention. And I would say I was taking him home with me. So that was a lot of added pressure. It was, you know, and the day that I took him home, actually, it was kind of like taking a baby home. Yeah. It was really nervous. Like, more, I didn't expect to be that nervous. Um, You mentioned that he is more than happy and and your coworkers are more than happy to, to grab him for a day or a couple hours. How trained? are they or how trained do they need to be? Do you have to pass along little nuggets to them? So they all, in order to take him home or to be a handler or to have them in their classroom or be alone with the Astro, they have to complete, it's a, I believe a three-day training. So it's basically what I did, but a little bit um, like faster pace. Are you saying that if you left the room right now, you wouldn't trust me with this dog? <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to leave him with you if you haven't done the training. Hi, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he'd be totally fine if you walked out because I, he'd be getting chest rubs for a half an hour. Yeah, his I, eyes are rolling to the back of his head right now. Um, he, he would be fine. <laughs> um, we, we talked about kids. We've done this before. We uh, we visited with uh, Katie Anstat, um, the Whitmer, uh, Washington local superintendent, and they have a dog over there. More and more schools have dogs. We've we've touched on this in the podcast and things that I've seen and read about uh, on a very uh, superficial level. Let's let's dig into that. Tell me about some of the the minutia of the interactions and just how much Astro or some something like Astro helps these kids. Well. I would say initially um, we did try to train people that were in the broad school um, setting. So the people in the school that saw the most kids. So for example, like gym teacher, um, she sees all the kids in the school eventually. Myself, I see all the kids daily. Um, So we did try to um, initially train people that were able to interact with all the kids. Um, And then now we've gone into a lot of classroom teachers. Um, I would say in the classroom, the kids just love it. We use Astro in a lot of different ways. Um, I would say in the morning when the kids got off the bus, he's usually He's usually always there, Um, and the kids love it. They'll stop and pet him and just say hi to him. Um, So that's nice, just like a sense of like home at school. Um, And then um, we have him for some rewards. So um, for our PBIS, the kids can, um, with the tickets they earn for good behavior, can buy different things with Astro. So one of them is a training. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. So one of them is a training session. So I do a mini training session with him, and I teach him some of his like words so that they can um, make him do all of his tricks and stuff. Is there, there probably was some training required to the kids as well, because as Katie had mentioned, Astro, when he's at school, he's working. Yes, yes. So what was it like to, to let the kids know and how quickly did they have to 
figure out that uh, we just can't like run up to him and pet him. He's a regular regular school employee, right? Right. Well, I think um, actually they um, at the Billy Center give us the freedom to. Um, use the dogs how we want to. And initially they said you might want to have a different signal for the kids so that they know they can't pet them at a certain time. And um, we did do a small training with them the first year we got um, Astro. I would say I have it really easy because the elementary schools have already trained all of our kids. Great. So they know the rules, but I am pretty f open with Astro. I let the kids pet them whenever they want to. And I've really never used that other color leash. Um, a few times I had it on because I misplaced the leash he was supposed to wear, and the kids are like, oh, is he, you can't pet him now. They knew right away, but they right. could. I just couldn't find the leash at that moment. So Everybody in this whole situation has a good life. He gets to get <laughs> petted all the time. The kids get to see get to see Astro all the time. Look at him. He's yeah. going to like fall asleep. He's going to start losing control of his body parts <laughs> with how relaxed he is. Yes. Come here, buddy. Uh, next question. Talk to me about some of me mental health is, is everything. As I, as I always tell people, you're not doing any Anything with without your brain it, it's it's everything you can get around with a, a severed leg a broken leg you're not getting anywhere with a broken brain um tell me about some of the mental health situations that astro helps the kids out everything from i'm sure the the grief of their own pet dying to struggles in school to actual legitimate depression or anxiety so I would say that in those situations in our office, our other counselor, Stephanie Huntley, is also um, trained. So when we have kids in our office that are, you know, we're doing some individual counseling with, um, a lot of times the first step that they need to take, take is just to calm down just to so they can communicate. We want to set good boundaries for the kids, and we tell them often we can't have proper communication when we're really angry, frustrated, embarrassed, sad, any of those really strong emotions. So um, I always will give them a chance to just have quiet time and just settle down. You see that? He, I stopped rubbing his chest. He just put his paw on my knees. Like, you're yeah. not done. I call that pushy paw. <laughs> he um. is something. He is something. <laughs> so uh, if, a, if a kid comes into one of the counselors, I'm guessing uh, from my, my instincts and in, intuition, if I were in this situation, uh, I would, if a kid is anxious or whatever it might be, just start petting Astro. I mean, mm -hmm. the effects of a pet and petting them could probably calm somebody it does calm somebody down pretty quickly right oh yeah they the kids calm down very quickly when they start petting him so that's usually what i'll do i'll just like i'll sit and be quiet and just give them that space and time and they'll just sit there and um, pet astro but i would say um astro has some like very intuitive dog he knows when people need them and he'll walk right up to him and just put his head on their lap so i don't really have to do that much he really does that stuff himself are there does he sense the difference between um, like anxiety where somebody can't sit still, they're shaking a little bit, as opposed to someone who is depressed and they're doing the opposite and just not moving and sulking and they're sad? Can he sense the differences and approach those people differently? Oh, I definitely think so. Um, I mean, this might be, uh, I don't want to sound stereotypical, so this might come off somewhat that way, but... I do notice that he acts different with um, boys and girls. I totally get that. Um, and it's like he can be really rambunctious sometimes, and then sometimes he is just like um, a little more gentle. And maybe it's like if the kids are younger or older, I don't know. But he definitely um, understands those relationships or um, how to 
interact with with kids. I can totally, uh, that's not stereotypical at all. I can totally attest to that. I have known people uh, who have given me or other people warnings that they they absolutely love their dog. Their dog is the best thing in the world. But oh yeah, by the way, it hates men over six foot one with brown hair <laughs> or they have a problem. So that that's actually not that uh, uncommon. Um, what What's a standard situation outside of coming into a counselor's office? Does Astro go into the classrooms, um, in the hallways? Tell me more about the interactions with the kids. So I would say, um, I'll give you an example from yesterday because we had a blast. Um, I mean, a huge part of having a faculty dog during school, too, is it's just fun. Like, it's a blast. And the kids laugh. They think he's hilarious. And... They really get into it. So yesterday, obviously, we had out, we had outdoor recess, but it was blacktop blacktop only. So it gets pretty crowded, and there's not it's not as fun as when you can run out and all the grass and everything. So I took Astro out there, and we played fetch um, in the snow. And Astro loves the snow. He was going crazy, like running all over the place. And then the kids. So then I let the kids um, throw the ball to him. And I probably had a crowd of at least 30 kids that were actively involved in um, in cheering him on and excited. So it was pretty fun. I want to lead you into a question that I'll ask in a moment. But generally speaking, you've been there how long again? Uh, I've been there 16 years. All right. So the first 13 or so, um, tell me the differences what was happening then as opposed to the situation yesterday? Like the the general tenor of the school before Astro arrived. Well, I think Fallen Timbers has always been a pretty fun place to be. Um, I would say that um, he definitely attentions kids, or grabs kids' attention more than I do. I've always liked to play at recess and um, play with the kids. Um, I just think it's a great way to get to know them. But um, me playing Foursquare and Astro Fetching is a totally like, right. different level. <laughs> we, we, we could have thrown you a ball or a bone, and <laughs> maybe that would have worked. The, the question I wanted to ask is, and I have thought of this, I think even before I started to get seriously involved with the Ability Center and dogs were becoming therapy dogs in schools, um, you ask yourself, why the hell didn't we do this sooner? We we have loved dogs since man and wolves roamed the earth together. Why, why didn't we do this sooner? Yeah, it is. I mean, that's a great question. I It definitely... Um, you did ask before, like, you know, what are other ways, but I think in the classroom, he teaches kids. The teach Our teachers are so creative. Um, they have great ways to um, use Astro to, and like I said, that attention grabber, you know, when he's doing something and handing them questions or answers and stuff like that, they're, they're totally 100% into it. Um, so that, I, I don't know. I don't know why we didn't do that, but yeah. honestly, um, I think... Um, I think the school faculty dogs are, yeah, they're obviously different than the um, dogs that we see that are like one on one with people where you really, we're taught not to interact with the dog mm -hmm. um, when we're not allowed to. Um, but you really can interact with um, Astro any moment. So when I'm walking down the hall and there's 60 kids at their lockers, all of them are just turning around and putting their hand on him as he walks by or um, getting down and saying Astro or, you know, just um, laughing and saying, oh, look what he's doing right now. So, like, they're all very interactive with him. It's like they're, they're a little buddy. Maybe the, the answer to that question is 
Well, not all the dogs are trained like Astro or other dogs like that, but we could have easily done that. So again, I'll never stop asking myself the question. And I know it's we, we have 2020 hindsight with everything. Yeah. We look back and go, why the hell were we smoking all those years and blah, blah, blah. We know better now. Um, and I, I, who knows what the world could have been, how how we could have grown up had if we had dogs in our schools when we were that age. I will give the Ability Center a lot of accolades there. That um, I don't think it would be... I would be as excited about having a dog in the school if the dog was not trained as sure. well as Astro. Like, really, I don't have to do much besides kind of keep up on the um, commands here and there. He he knows them so well, and he is so well trained. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's like the best. You know, if wow. I'm not mistaken, and again to answer my own my own question here, why don't we do this sooner? I mean, there are some barriers, but they're they're not things that we can't scale. I think mm-hmm. the the total number that goes into a dog like Astro or some of his brothers and sisters is like $25,000. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Another reason to be nervous when you take him home. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you're driving a small SUV or a small car home with you. Yes. <laughs> um, th- th- one of the other things is you just talked about he's not like a house dog. Um, how is he different? What's it like having... Talk a little bit about how he is like an employee. It's almost like you're housing uh, an exchange student with you rather than this is the this is the family pet dog um well i um at home he's kind of is like a is regular he? dog like he can yeah. hop up in the bed and yeah, yeah. he definitely t- made himself at home in Good. the bed very i think honestly it's the place he's most comfortable with in in the world and i do have to kick him out every once in a while <laughs> because he likes to wake me up pretty early he's big um, too I yes hope, i hope you have a big bed yes he gets very comfortable so and he um you know where i'm not obviously when i take him on walks at home I have, we have another dog, uh, King Charles Cavalier. So I walk them together and I just let him, you know, he's just a normal dog. How big is that dog? He's about maybe like a foot tall. He's pretty small. And his name is King Charles? Oh, no, he's a King Charles Cavalier. Oh, okay. What is his that? Name, it, Cavalier. His name is Calvin. Um, Calvin the Cavalier. Yeah, Calvin. Um, he, I don't know, it's just a little like maybe a terrier, I okay. guess. You'll have to show me a picture. Yeah, he's super cute. Uh, super that's cute. that's funny that you do. So I I tether my two dogs because it was just easier than yes, I do criss, too. Than crisscrossing. Yeah. Um, your situation is probably a little worse. I'm sure Astro can drag Calvin along. Uh, uh, my one uh. dog is thirty some pounds. The other one is like twelve. <laughs> and it's it's interesting when they want, when they both want to go in different directions. Oh yeah. Or when the bigger one sees a rabbit and the little one doesn't, and he gets yanked away. I feel so bad, but <laughs> well, Astro really gets um, he gets crazy when he see le- he sees leaves. Leaves. Yeah, it says something that one of his things like he he will he will go. He's real strong. He will pull you. When he sees a leaf, um, and then Astro, he just gets excited. He's excited the whole time. So. Right, Calvin, I mean. <laughs> so, um, what would you? This is becoming more prevalent to have uh, therapy dogs or any kind of dog that is well behaved in schools to help kids because it, it is not hyperbole to say there's a mental health crisis and maybe the epicenter of it. And I say like across the planet now, because Mm -hmm. as I've told people, nobody is better. This was a year ago. Nobody's better with their mental health than they were before the pandemic started. Some people are starting to settle and life is getting a little bit back to normal, but some things have been changed forever. And kids have been hit the hardest for a variety of reasons. Um, Why should more people, why should there be more Jennifer and Astros in more schools, if not all of them? 
Well, I feel like it definitely, I have always in my counseling had like activities. I don't think people do great when they're just sitting there talking to each other, like with no distractions. So even before Astro, I would be bouncing a ball to a kid while I'm talking to him or just playing a game. So we're not, it's not that high pressure, but, um, Astro, he takes that right out of it, you know, like yeah. I, it makes my job a lot easier um, because the kids really will open up while they're they're sitting there, um, you know, talking with them and just have a more relaxed conversation. And it doesn't seem because um, I, I think some kids get, you know, a little nervous, um, you know, to talk to somebody and kind of share know, their just, feelings, just be genuine and share their feelings. So Astro makes that pretty easy because they're comfortable already when they walk in. That's a that's a, a human problem, an adult problem. I'm obviously, I have no certifications or background like you do. I just share my story and the challenges that I go through with uh, my bipolar. And, and, and I, I, I'm all word vomiting most <laughs> things that mo- things that most people won't. And that's what I aim to do, to encourage people to share how they're feeling so they can get the help that they need and push through that stigma. And one of the most challenging things as we further combat this mental health crisis is um, you're depending on people who are broken in a lot of ways, who are obviously coming to therapy or counseling or psychiatry for a reason. They, they don't feel well mentally, emotionally, psychologically. And then, oh yeah, by the way, they have to give like textbook definition or carefully explain how they're feeling. That's incredibly hard to do when you're in a distressed emotional state. And I can totally see how Astro, you pet Astro, and all of a sudden those words come out a little bit easier. And when they do, and when they're when there's more clarity like that, you can be more helpful. Yeah, it also I would say like humanizes me too because you know I can sit down on the ground and pet Astro with them. So it's just more like a conversation you might have at home. Um, I definitely, um, you know, we really, really talk to the kids and try to really emphasize that you know talking your feelings out is really the best way to go and um, try to give them skills to communicate um, their feelings and emotions. Um, and that is a big emphasis, you know, at our school. We started off this um, school year with a field day called General's Boot Camp, and in that um, boot camp, we had like seven different st- um, s- like stages the kids rotated through and um, each one of the the, um, centers taught the students a different coping skill so for example there was a um, one station we tell our kids to breathe right well we wanted to teach them what that actually meant so there we had a um, specialist on yoga that taught just breathing there was a yoga station there was an exercise station we had a station that was based on nature and the metro parks did that Um, And so we're trying to teach our students, give them the skills. There was also our, we had several different um, stations, but um, not just tell them do this, but also show them how to do it and then have them like, now you pick. Now you pick what's going to help you the most when you're having really strong feelings. That's a bit of my pet peeve is we we kind of throw some catch-alls out there for people who want to address their mental health. You should exercise more. You should try yoga. You should do breathing. You should do whatever it is. And people try it and sometimes it fails, but it's I I would uh, relate it to when you're working out, when you're in the gym. If you're 
technique isn't right and your form isn't right, it's not going to work out for you. You're not going to get the gains you're, you're aiming for. So as you point out, there actually is a way to breathe so that you can make the most of it so you can, so you can calm down. Right, right. And then if we, you know, and um, so something that might happen when we come into our office is say, okay, um, you know, we're going to take a few minutes to calm down. What What is your choice to do that with? Do you want to color? Do you want to pet Astro? Do you want to color and pet Astro? Do you want to do some exercises? Would you like to just have quiet time and um, use our breathing? And then they can, re- then they can pick and our students can pick. They, they, um, they're able to say, I want to do this. Thanks for training them to do that. It's imperative that 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 happens. Yeah, I think in the younger ages, it's easier for, um, you know, kids to gain those skills so that, you know, when they really are having true, you know, truly bigger problems, not that they don't have bigger problems when they're young. They do, for sure. But um, maybe the problems that they have to handle by themselves more independently that they can, you know, say, okay, I'm not feeling good. I need to do something. And this is what I'm going to do. And if we're not feeling good, how are we going to be able to concentrate to learn the things that we're, we're, we're taught in school? And I'm glad that we teach this emotional learning now, because as you've illustrated, it's imperative. Yeah, definitely. Definitely is. If I could go backwards for just one second, then we'll wrap up here in a couple minutes with some, some fun questions. Go back to the astro taking up the bed part or waking you up too early. Um, <laughs> if you were, if we were to conduct an experiment, and I think I know the answer to this. If we were to conduct an experiment um, and we put astro in one room with a, a kid in distress, um, if we put a if we put uh, that similar a kid with similar distress in another room, um, and these kids are as identical as they could be. And you ask them, tell me what's going on. And just that, or however you'd open a conversation, you would have to believe that that kid, as long as they weren't afraid of dogs, you'd get far more information and probably you'd be able to be more helpful to the kid in the Astro room than the other kid without Astro, right? Oh, I totally, I definitely agree. I think it would probably even the duration of time to get to the root of the problem would probably be longer too. I mean, I think it would happen eventually, but I don't think it'd be as effective as, you know, if Astra was there and um, just that level of comfort. I mean, some of the kids when they, like I, I had asked them in the cafeteria yesterday about one of the questions you had proposed about, you know, what does Astra do for the kids in the school? And um, she said, he's everything. The one girl said, he's everything. When he's in my classroom, I have a better day. Yeah. Um, I have a, I, I was working with a program called HOPE. Uh, that ProMedica was doing Hope and Recovery Pets Program. Um, I forget what the acronym stood for, uh, but I've come pretty close or become very close with the the researcher, the professor, Dr. Janet Hoy Gerlach at the University of Toledo, who's doing the research when these pets would wind up with people who had chronic mental health conditions. And I learned all about oxytocin and how these these chemicals in our body, once we have these these companions, go up and they they literally act. Um, as medic, quote unquote medications for people, myself included, in chronic health conditions. And I know we know this, but I also learned that people like my friend Dr. Janet uh, do this research so that we can get funding to make this happen all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really important. Yep. Yep. Um, pet peeve, he wakes you up too early, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he does. He also has to, um, he does that um, pushy paw, but he does it with his nose when I'm typing at work. Okay. Like, I'm like trying to, like, <laughs> he'll come up and like push my arm up. Not the best work from home, buddy? Well, no, well, no, he'd be good. He sleeps most, he sleeps a lot. Astro is like, he loves to sleep. 
<laughs> That's I my my dad got a COVID dog. We 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 bullied him into getting him a, a COVID dog, and they got so close that he's afraid to. You know what this is like. She she gets all sad and mopey when he leaves. She's the boss of the house now. Look at that face. Astro will be done in in eight minutes. Okay. Oh, um, my my dad is afraid to leave the house for long periods of time. Not because she destroys the house, but because he's he's sad to leave. She, he thinks she's sad. I'm like, Dad, the only thing that she's going to be doing when you're gone is sleeping. Leave for as long as you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Astro, definitely. He sleeps for sure. But yeah, he knows when his um, when it's time to eat for sure. So like from like four to five, he's pretty hyper and, you know, right mm. by my side, you know, trying to coax me into feeding him earlier. And then right at 6 a.m., he's got me up and he's yep. like standing on top of me like, OK, it's time to eat. Uh, it's amazing how dogs are. We're we're Pavlov's dogs, not them, right? Oh yeah, for sure. If I don't if I don't feed the dogs, if we don't do the same exact routine, um, when I get home from work or other times, it's it's complete pure chaos. The barking doesn't stop, and I have neighbors, and I want to be a courteous neighbor. Um, next up, what are some of his favorite non or, or human foods? If you give him any, what's his treat? <laughs> well, something that kind of got in our way the first year. Um, so not this year, but last year is because of COVID, we had to have all the students eat their snacks outside um, because they, they were able to eat in the classroom because of social distancing. Um, so um, we had, you know, between 650, 700 kids eating outside. You can imagine that got a little messy. <laughs> and there were treats everywhere for Astro. So right. he, he got pretty interested in stopping and um, eating anything he could find on the ground. He definitely can sniff anything out. Um, cafeteria is his favorite place. I have to... I would imagine. Yeah, I have to be pretty strict in there. But he definitely gets uh, his... You know, he definitely gets treats here and there. The kids are pretty good about, I mean, they're definitely really good about not feeding him, um, and they know not to, but he would eat their whole plate if he could. Is there something in particular you give him at, at home as a treat? Um, well, he's on a pretty strict diet. Okay. Um, so I don't give him a ton of extra things, but he has that um, that beef lung that they use here for their dogs. That's mm -hmm. if I really um, want him to be on, on um, point, that's what I would take as his treat, for sure. He there, loves them. <laughs> there's a question here, um, and I'll ask it, and you can just tell me about it. Favorite book to to read with Astro? <laughs> well, um, I haven't read any books with Astro, so I didn't really have an answer for that. I think our kids, so uh, one thing they do is they have stations, and the kids rotate through. So, like, um, and when they're having their reading time, they get, like, three minutes with Astro where they're sitting and reading with them. Um and um, then they switch and the next kid comes in and they just like read to Astro and pet him while they're reading. So, Got it. Yeah, so I think he likes all books. <laughs> Do you like all books? Do you like nonfiction? <laughs> How about novels? Do you like encyclopedias? I'm off the microphone here, but one one other uh, I, something you had brought up, and I just sure. want to mention is like um, another thing that was kind of is kind of surprising, um, and I you know didn't expect. It, I don't think any of us did. Is that um, Astro is really great for our staff too. Um, he's a, sometimes I'll just have staff members come to my office, and they're not really saying hi to me. They're just like laying down on the ground and um, cuddling with Astro. Um, so um, and they all like say hi to him. They get excited. When he comes by, so I think it like brightens all the adults in our Absolutely. building. Love him too. Absolutely. I mean, he's just like the star of the show. I, I'm, 
I don't think I've told this story on the podcast, so I'll tell it here briefly. Um, 2012 was the most painful, agonizing year of, of my life. Um, I had moved back out to the Midwest in Detroit to take a job. I thought it was going to be great. It was awful. Six months into the year, into the job, I was a broken person. Um, I was like this close to um, saying, I'm out of vacation days. I'm out of sick days. I'm just going to not go to work. And, and I was not medicated at the time. I couldn't find the right therapist. And my dad said, Maybe you miss your dog. I had left my dog Jasmine back home in Philadelphia because she was living in a better situation and I just moved without her. Yes, I know. I'll, I'll keep petting you forever. Um, and as any typical kid would be, um, that advice from my dad, I was like, that's ridiculous. I can barely take care of myself. I can barely get myself to work. You want me to get a dog? And again, as any typical kid, a week later, I had this brilliant idea. I'm like, I'm going to adopt a dog. Went up to this thing called Petapalooza at the Palace of Auburn Hills. Um, I was the first one there. I looked down. There was a crate. And I said, I'm looking for an apartment-sized dog. That one will do. And 12, 11 years later, that's that's Diddy. And he literally saved my life. And my dad gets to say, I told you so forever and ever and ever. Because <laughs> I, I thought it was my idea. But that, that dog literally saved my life. So I can completely re relate to the adults coming into your office. You thinking them, you thinking they're there for you and they're not. They're yeah. not. They're there for yes. Astro. Yep. Yep. Thanks so much for being on 68 Words. Astro, thank you too. <laughs> thank you for having me. This was fun. This is Chief Armstrong of Toledo Fire and Rescue. 68 Words has been a production of the Ability Center, hosted by Cumulus Media's Eric Chase. Engineering provided by Will Mellon and executive produced by Mallory Crooks. If you, your group, organization, or business is interested in hosting a disability awareness experience or have other inquiries, please contact info at abilitycenter.org. Until next time, think differently. Think differently. Think differently.